All right, welcome everyone. We got another very special podcast. I know I say that often, but this really is, this is my current, I can truly say my favorite music is this man right here, Bryce Fine. But really quickly, I do want to say this is a podcast that is brought to you by Club GG, where you can create poker clubs for free and play with your friends for hundreds of thousands of dollars of prizes. Bryce, we're going to talk about poker later. We're going to talk about some mutual friends, but I just want to dive right in and say thank you for being here. I really, really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, so many questions, so much to talk about. Uh, maybe I could just first, yeah, say thank you and, and kind of let you introduce yourself. If somehow people watching don't know who you are, what, what do you do? What is your, what is your main passion? What's your, what, what, who are you? Hey everybody, I'm Bryce, <laughs> Bryce Vine. Uh, I'm one of those artists who you no doubt have heard their music, uh, but you didn't realize it was me on some occasions, or you're a huge fan. There is no in between. Um, and I, I like that in a way, you know, uh, but you'll hear some of my music today and maybe it'll ring some bells, but it's all good vibes. I write things that don't insult your intelligence. I grew up playing music in punk bands and, uh, and just, kept writing things that made me feel better. And now I have a pretty strong fan base that the music does that for them. How's that for narrowing it down? Yeah, I think, you know, that sums it up. You, you, uh, you kind of do it all and you're in the, been in the music world. And I, I gotta say that just speaking that you mentioned Drew Barrymore or the, the song, one of your most popular, uh, songs where did this come from why did how did you come up with the name drew barrymore because it rhymed and it was did you have it was it there's something about her specifically and not another very famous uh person like what 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 came with that name specifically in the name of the song i mean she fit you know it was hollywood royalty i was sitting in the studio this was before i even got signed i was still driving lyft and working at a bar maybe in as early as 2017 and oh um, wow. and I decided to go to the studio every day. I had never really had a routine. I grew up with ADD, so it made it really hard to condense thoughts even in school and, you know, being held back a grade. Like, it, I just, I was never a quick person at anything I tried to do, but music was the passion. And I tried to create a routine for myself for the first time where I would go start the day at a certain time go to the gym, then go to the studio all day and try to make stuff and fail for about four months before the wheels started turning in the opposite direction. So I always tell people that that's like the best thing in any interview that I do, uh, read and create a routine for yourself, which a lot of creative minded people have a hard time with, you know, focusing our minds in one in one way and then at some point drew barrymore came about because i was uh I, I made this beat that was really cool and then i wrote all the verses just it was supposed to be kind of like a love story about two ghosts that just live in the same room kind of for all eternity and that was what the idea was and as it came about a couple months into finishing it I brought in a bunch of different writers to try to get what the idea for the hook is and none of it really worked. And then I heard a voice note on my phone from like five years ago where Julia Michaels, the artist and writer had said that to me in a studio session. She said, you're the next Drew Barry and I want more. And we kind of laughed and I 
it's like oh that's a great idea yeah and then we just kind of i tried it out you know and i knew it was good that's kind of how i look at things is it a good song like does is this compelling yeah uh, but i had no idea what it would become and she wasn't necessarily the inspiration for the entire song but she kind of brought it together with her hollywood royalty kind of vibe you know Wow. And, and, and so, cause you've done, I mean, who knows how many songs, right? You've probably written for, for a long time or done like when you have a hit, cause you have, you have numerous ones that are literally chalk top of my list songs. I like, like when you hit one that hits, like, you know, the difference between one that you make and it's like, okay, like, is it automatic? Like you just know, wow, this is like, this is going to be it. Like, cause I mean, those are, those are a few of, you know, billboard top yeah. songs. Like how do you, how do you, how do you register with that? Are they all feel similar or they really stand out some of the big ones i think one of the greatest gifts that you can have is not necessarily talent or the best voice or or even really making really good beats it's the ability to know when something sounds compelling which isn't as common as it sounds i know when i sound compelling on a song and i know when someone else sounds compelling on a song and some songs are great that I've written that I didn't release because I don't sound compelling on it. Mm. So that's the biggest thing. I knew Drew Barrymore was compelling. When I wrote La La Land, uh, it was the same deal. It was just in a little acoustic song that me and my friend had wrote high in his backyard. Uh, satir sat satirizing? Sat satire? Right. Uh, yes. It, it almost sounds like sodomizing, so I don't like it. Yeah, satirizing Hollywood. And... I listened to it like 30 times in the car ride home driving down Mulholland and I knew, okay, this is a compelling song, no matter what becomes of it. So that's, that's the best way I can put it is like, not, not everything is meant to come out by you. And some songs I have, I have like over a hundred songs that I just will give to somebody else one day. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I, yeah, that for sure. That's what I said. I'm sure there's a ton of ton of great ones too are just that are that are not, you know, haven't been brought to life. And and you mentioned in 2017 or as early as that, you were with Lyft or, or doing some other odd jobs. I, I think I, I saw that 2011 you were on the Glee project or part of a part of a you were into music. So is that something you were into music and then you took a, a hiatus and just sort of came back? Like how, what was happening between that time? So I uh so I'll take you back. I, I I went to Berkeley College of Music. I got a scholarship to go there. Um, and I was there for two years. And in that two years, the Glee Project came about. Everyone at music school, especially Berkeley, any kind of music opportunity that comes around, everyone knows and everyone auditions for. Because it's not the kind of thing where you graduate and now you're a rock star. You yeah. know, you kind of have to take anything any opportunity you can get to get out there. And the Glee project was one of those things they were looking for the next big Glee kid because that was the big thing at the time. I'd never watched a single episode, but I auditioned singing. Um, I like did my rendition of uh, Gold Digger by Kanye West. And uh, somehow I made it to be like one of 12 people picked for this show so i had to choose between staying in school and taking this opportunity and see where it went it, it was a no-brainer to me you know my parents were scared for me but they were always supportive so yeah um so i left and i 
went to film this thing and did a whole bunch of press and interviews all over New York and blah, blah, blah. And we, and I was the first person kicked off. They had me sing a Katy Perry song and a Bruno Mars song. And you could hear by the sound of my voice that it's pretty low toned. And I never had a very high range and that just didn't work out at all. I was the first one off, moved back home, had to work odd jobs for several years while I worked on music. And that was the Glee Project time. It was fun, though. Still friends with those guys. That, that's cool. And how do you view shows like the American Idol, The Voice? Uh, there's a mass, the mass singer. Do you think those are good for the music industry as a whole? Or do, you have, uh, do they have an effect in a positive way? Yeah, they have an effect in a positive way. I mean, I think they definitely used to. Like when American Idol first came out, I remember it. I was, I was just a kid and me and my mom would tune in. And it had a very good nature about it. Um, there was a level of decency in that television program when it first came out that I think it has kind of lost. Most reality television has lost, but it still existed then. It made you feel good. It made you feel good about the people. Um, it was that American dream kind of thing. Now, especially after having gone through Glee Project and seeing the other side of it, how they flip things and make you look a certain way like a character even though it's supposed to be realistic and mm -hmm. people aren't two-dimensional i think it's ridiculous right you know yeah. i still hope it's still an opportunity for people who deserve it and maybe that's their way to getting there like kelly clarkson mm -hmm. it was and carrie underwood true talents you know that stand the test of time yeah but that's not what they're doing it for the, the 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 television stations and the production they they're they're doing it for entertainment and to make money if the next day people stop watching they don't give a goddamn if if your career is affected by it right you know that you have they see that saying you can only serve one master yep and now i can't help but if you've ever realized it almost in every reality tv show you've ever seen they have the scene, the drama that's playing out, right? And then there's a cut scene where one of the people who's, who's part of what you just watched is now talking to the camera, telling you what's happening right then. And it's this weird psychological thing that most people don't even recognize. There's no way that they could be talking about this thing that's happening in the present on the show. They ask you later. Right. They ask you later to do that and to talk about these things as if they're really happening. Right. which already is not realistic. It's it's this weird <laughs> psychology. And now I notice it with, you know, you can't help but see how um, manipulative television is to the audience. Purposefully, yeah. it seems like. Yeah, yeah, it makes, that makes perfect sense. And, and you touched on something I want to ask you about. You know, I believe a lot about um, with with luck how it's yeah i love that the saying it's when uh, opportunity preparation meets opportunity you know and, th and then you get yep. this thing so like with 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 you and you go to glee or you're in the thing you're in a class people are doing music or you're you're in this spot a lot of people let's call it neutral opportunity you're in good spot to have to, to create your own luck um what, what do you think are some factors because this i i obviously have a poker background that's my main sort of thing for about two decades and you see 
sort of the intangibles, the factors that are not just like how good you are at poker. There's so much into it, bankroll management and game selection and, you know, sleepy, like, you know, doing the right things, right? Like what, what do you think in the, in this industry and in music, of course, talent, you have to be great. You have to have that, but so many people have it that don't make it. I mean, look, you even for a while, right. You took it out 2017, 18, you're, you're, you're driving lift and who knows you catch your break, but what do you think are some of the factors that, that make a successful in your, in your industry for a musician? What are, what are some things that separate those from others to be great? That is the age old question, man. You know, I think I like to think that a uniqueness, a unique vision of the, the world and how it works and how you want it to look is what all kinds of people are drawn to in every art form. Um, you know, I read a lot of Stephen King and the way that he describes the world and the color that he puts into his words affect me and my songwriting um and which makes my writing unique from other people because that's an inspiration that i have that maybe a lot of people don't when they're writing songs um you know music makes people feel things in all different ways uh every there's like a emotion represented a hundred times by every song so the uniqueness of what someone has to say um, and that a lot of times comes from their background and their story. That's why everyone's always so interested to tell people's stories, even on American Idol and those things. If they find someone that they like, they want you to like them because their story is unique. Um, and then that affects the voice that they have. I just worked with a Nigerian artist who grew up there, you know, and now is starting to become a huge artist here. His name's Fields and his voice and his swag and his style is so unique to anything you've seen because of where he grew up and the culture that he grew up in. I think that's probably the biggest factor. Yeah. Um, you know, the more, that's why it was, you know, for years I, I watched trap artists be huge while I was trying to make like pop rap music because I was influenced by everything from Rancid to Incubus to Blink-182 to Tupac to, yeah, You know, I couldn't just make one thing, but I watched all these guys get successful for a moment at it. And it's it's hard to not lose your individuality and try to go with the wave also, mm -hmm. you know, because people are way are going to end up being more drawn. Like now I'm not one of the most popular artists on the planet. But my, music, my music affects people in a way that I, I see is different than the 90% of the people out there. Like the way that my influences did Michael Jackson and like it, it touches them in a way. And that's kind of like, it depends on what you want. Like, do you want people to be partying in a club to your stuff? Like Travis Scott is the ultimate king of that because he creates this feeling. Or do you want, you know, your music to touch people in a way that, that affects them their entire lives, I guess. It, yeah. And well, you mentioned, you made, I mean, you said something, but you are look at, I mean, look at this. You have three, three <laughs> yeah. hard question. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it is, it is hard. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I just like when I, you say it though, I mean, you have three, basically 300 million downloads on one song. What it, when you start out thinking about, you know, I, cause I, I can't, I stream Twitch for years pretty regularly. Right. And you about like 
views and it's all about you know likes and this endorphins where what what does it feel when you when you come out and you know release a song you go on spotify and now to see yourself with 300 million downloads or if, if that's right that's the metric right 300 like what is that even is that even i mean how many what's that the population of the u.s i think or more i mean what does that what does that mean to you when you know that that many people have been experienced or a part of your uh your your process like what, what how does that make you feel uh when you ask me and i take the moment it's like yeah that's actually insane i'm yeah. just like a kid that grew up loving music in a small town and and now that's the case uh but comparison is the death of joy all the time and i do that i do that to myself and i have my entire life convinced myself that i wasn't good enough um even when i was doing great you know i've gotten better at it but seeing those things yeah of course it helps you know, it, but it's funny. You you think that that would fix it, this uh, this denial in oneself, and it doesn't. It helps, and it's nice. Um, but you have to remember what you're doing it for. It is like, does, do you love what you're making? Uh, sometimes when that's not the case, it doesn't matter any of the accolades or how many views or plays it has. But when 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 you go on tour, that's when you feel it the most. Like when you see all the people out there really taking it in and they can't yeah. wait to sing it back it, that those that that helps me personally and my mental more than any amount of plays or playlists or awards i never was one of those people that really understood the need for award ceremonies for artists right um you know because i don't think that that it's it, nice it has it been a like was there, was it a, do you have a moment that you remember where you were like, holy, wow, this is like crazy. Was it like a concert or, you know, so cause it, they, yeah, they, they did it like stand out though. Cause in poker, right. You have like a, a score or like a, maybe a cash game where you have like a huge thing or a tournament score that like, what, was there like a moment that you were like, wow, I'm in the big leagues now, or like a song went viral overnight. Like what was your first memory of true success within, you know, validation? It was on my birthday. Uh, we were in Omaha, Nebraska. And my song had, they were the first city to play my song on the radio. A guy named Caleb put it on. And I had still not heard it on the radio, but I went to Nebraska on my birthday for a radio show. And on the way out of Nebraska in the car with my team, we stopped at a Taco Bell and we we're drunk and high except for the driver and uh and my song came on the radio right when she was handing us the bags and we threw them up and we fucked we fucked up all the food and but we were like ah there it is there it is and we were high-fiving and the woman in the in the window didn't know what was going on but we told her this is my song like this is that was uh yeah i'll never forget that what year is that that first moment that would have been 2018 that was the first time i heard my song on the radio and, and you say your team, because this is also one of those things that fascinates me. And there's, you know, to, to start and do something you love, you know, you probably don't set out and like, all right, like I'm going to hit this mark or I'm going to make this much money or I'm going to hit this many downloads and I'm going to hire and do this. Like you kind of are starting as anyone really successful does, right? You start out and you you come in your success. How, how has that process been of building a team? Because there's so much that goes into it. I don't could spend a whole podcast talking about just this alone, but just kind of like an overview of, what has grown into like a manager, money manager, coordinating stuff, public, all these things, like how big is your team? What, what goes into you kind of being able to 
focus on what you're great at and make music and perform and, and, and take away the noise, which is easier said than done. I love these questions because no one ever asks stuff like this. Um, in, in my experience, it's extremely important who you decide to have close to you and handling your project. It's a sensitive thing. Um, I've had the same manager since I started, really started in 2000, 2012 when I got kicked off the Glee project. About a year later, uh, the producer that I work with, um, who I also have been working with since college, uh, introduced me to these two guys. And one of them was sort of interested in the other we played the first song that I had ever recorded with him, like first real Bryce Vine song. I had written a bunch, you know, but not under my name. Um, and he stopped in the middle of it. And I'm like, oh, this asshole didn't even listen to the whole song. And he's like, I'm sorry, can you play it one more time? And from that day forward, he was my manager and has believed in me ever since. Wow. I mean, to the point where we were getting in pools to shoot the first content together, just on a like, you know, a little camera and putting it out on the internet to getting me my first opening on a tour to struggling to driving all around the country getting no sleep i mean wow. he's been my guy for a decade um so That's yeah cool. you know and it's like we argue all the fucking time uh, <laughs> of course you have <laughs> you know uh but that's my guy you know there's no doubt that he's in it you know for for the purpose of being a fan and and wanting to see it work right um, wow. you gotta have people like that and you know that doesn't work all the time people mm -hmm. switch out managers all the time for good reasons people get too busy but it's extremely important to be able to trust the people um and that they get credited you know because they, they're not getting the glitz and the glamour and the back the behind the scenes you know love that you're getting right right so they're Makes doing it even yeah. more for the love sometimes than you are for sure. And, and, and I mean, how big though, how like your team, you have a publicist or oh. travel coordinator, your manager kind of man, like holds it all together, but how many people are actually involved in your day, your product, your overall. So I have, um, my creative director, Dustin, uh, who shot my first music video with my punk band when we were 15 years old in high school. Uh, he's known me basically my whole life. Uh, and I have, the head, the A and R at my lab, label, Nate Albert, who was one of the members of one of my favorite bands growing up, actually called the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Do you remember them? Yes. He yep. was a guitar player and a songwriter for them, which was very cool. Uh, there's my guitar player, who's one of my best friends, my drummer, who's now one of my best friends, uh, and my DJ, who I met my very first day of college uh in i'm not even gonna age myself but we've known each other a long time and he's stuck with me too uh so i guess is i mean and then gosh you know if you really want to like because it's it's too many people there's yeah. the head of marketing at the label who does his best all the time we were friends before i even got signed um my agent is my literal best friend like my brother like we fist fought before uh <laughs> That's and 
Uh, do, you, do you feel pressure in some sense, like having close people to you, uh, especially if they're like before, you know, maybe you meet them in the business world and become friends, but like you kind of like relying in a way like on your success. Cause at some point the pressure probably goes off a little, but that you now know people that care about you are relying on you not to mess up, not to get canceled, not to do all the, you know, that things move smoothly and everyone kind uh, how, of, course, how do you, of yeah. course, but it's a good pressure. It's no right. different from you and you having a family that you right. have, you know, that there's, it's not just for you. Um, it's the same pressure that I think anybody feels it's not alone in the world when they're trying to make something of themselves, right. which is basically everyone. Um, so, you know, but it's, you put more pressure on yourself anyway. That's just the way I've always been. Yeah. Um, just a constant, unrelenting pressure even on days that you have off that you should be enjoying that you know someone else is working to, to me I, like i i'm so fascinated with the process you know because again kind of not completely different but some similarity in the twitch grind i don't, you're, I don't know how familiar you are with the, the platform I, got, I want to get on it i would love yeah. for you to tell me more about well i for you know it's changed so much but like you know i was heavy lifting 2016 to 18 where i would stream a lot it's a lot about consistency but at the same time someone like yourself the big name, you could come on and do it quickly and probably get acclimated. It's it's an interesting platform, but there's a lot that goes into it, you know, to 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 make it all work and have it be to to make it go together. I guess like I'm I'm curious about the tours and the concerts because you know it's it is a lot of pressure, right? You got to show up. You're probably not sleeping a lot. It's like long days. You got to have your energy. You get you worry your voice might be you know or your something might be off. But you got you got so many people counting on you. How, how is a tour? I'm so curious, like. And what goes into that and, and especially back-to-back -back days and new venues and setting up and testing and rehearsal like has it been has that been more challenging than you thought or is that is that sort of now streamlined for you you know what that's the easy part honestly touring is the best part mm -hmm. i think that's the part of the job that yeah, i guess just maybe you know, when they say you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, that's not true. But that aspect of it is absolutely true. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm working when I'm on tour. I still get the feeling like I'm not doing enough when I'm on a stage every single night for two months straight because it's fun. And right. to, to maybe to other and I don't, I don't realize it, that it is hard work for somebody else because it, it is it's grueling. It's no doubt grueling, but it's what am I doing? I get to go out and greet and meet people who love the way that I communicate myself to the world so much that they traveled, bought tickets, stayed an hour before, after, when, before doors, during doors, and after. Yeah. Just to tell me that it means something to them. And I get to hear that and, and they get to be relieved from whatever they're going through in their lives. It's, I can't think of, a better job so when i'm exhausted i still get to do that you know so yeah. i guess it's it's different the the grueling parts honestly man are the the studio studio right. time the writing right. sitting here trying to come up with new stuff yeah it's like it's being like an actor in a movie kind of right like there's like everyone's all oh, action at this but like there's so much takes and sitting around or maybe similar where it's like you know to yes. get to that that final product or the fun and the meat there's a lot so much goes behind the scenes that that makes that makes a lot of sense i would imagine it's similar um yeah that's but it's also part of the fun right it's the grind and the process i would imagine 
too. Sometimes. But, yeah. Sometimes it's misery. Right. Yeah. I can, I, yeah. I can imagine too. I'm sure there's, yeah, but it makes it all the better. And I, I did want to ask about the mental side of things because similarly to, I, before I should we talk a little bit too, I mentioned about you know, Michael Phelps, right? He is uh, one of the faces of her talk space for mental health. I lived with him for seven years, 2008 to 15, sort of during his peak Olympics, we were roommates and I got to see a lot of the highs and lows. And it, that was crazy. Like to see, I mean, this, you know, th- th- you could just think like guys like, Oh, it's like, but it's, it's similar, similar like a concert or a release of a huge song. And then it's like maybe the chase or the thing for more every four years, one week, or, you know, every so often you get a hit and like to get back. And now it's sort of a pressure. I mean, this is just me talking, thinking comparatively like, Oh, wow, I got Drew Barrymore. What's the next one? Or how do I get there? Or is that what I'm compared to? How, how do you feel in terms of like mental health and uh, in, in that type of space? How, how is that for you and maybe what you see in your world with the other actors or, or other musicians and in and, and this type of industry? Boy, um, okay. It's such a good question. And I just want to um, disperse my thoughts correctly here. So... I'll try to condense it. Personally, I got diagnosed with depression when I was 13 years old. And they wanted to put me on antidepressants then. And I was like, even my parents were like, no, he's going to just have to deal with adolescence like a normal kid. But it goes all the way back to that. And music was what helped, you know, get me through um, those feelings. Mm -hmm. And then I started writing songs and that helped even more. I think most artists have some kind of deep mental instability. I do. I I think you kind of have to, to think that you're going to, there's a, there's a bit of narcissism, narcissism in it. There's insecurity. There's talent. There's, um, passion. Uh, and I don't, I can't speak for everyone on how they deal with it. Some people use drugs. That was always something I was afraid of. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't promote it. Um, and I wish people would do it less because I think it's creating a lot more issue than it's helping. I even have a theory now seeing what Los Angeles looks like that the amount of the amount of weed that gets smoked is <laughs> mixed with pharmaceutical drugs that we are almost all prescribed to is responsible for a lot of the mental health issues, especially schizophrenia. Um, so I think that's I, like even I, you know, weed companies want to do deals with me on a pretty regular basis and I won't do it. Even alcohol deals, which I do, I've done because I, I drink, but I don't think even alcohol has the ability to, to create the psychosis, Hmm. um, that the mixture of a a psychotropic drug like weed or, um, some other things with, with, depending on your mental state, um, with pharmaceutical drugs. So that's a big thing, you know, and it's a big statement to make. I just, I don't like seeing how comfortable our culture is with 
abusing drugs and then it's not really frowned upon even right. with kids dying of fentanyl on a regular basis just because the sprinkle of it is put into the cocaine i've never tried coke and that yeah. would make it so that i never will yeah me neither uh, same same with but, that. yeah so it's I, i'm trying to think it's a loaded question yeah. um no i mean I, I, it's a great yeah it's it's also yeah it's, i think that's like it's definitely becoming more open people part of the culture it's not like frowned upon or embarrassed i mean i just again just about about you i just did a little anecdote myself you know I, my mom was diagnosed with bipolar depression i was in high school and she had she was taking lithium for years i didn't know it that was like the drug they prescribed to balance it. and then they said it was you know hurting her kidneys and she had to stop and then when i'm like you know freshman sophomore in high school they take her off she's kind of wild right like she's super high manic some days can't get out of bed some days you know here i am in high school same age probably where like I'm having to deal with that too. Cause I'm like embarrassed. Friends are coming over to my house after school, like mom's in bed or like, or she's like, can't, I can't have her around my friends. Right. Cause she's like talking like crazy. It's literally like, couldn't even, but that was like very, as a, it's like, a, there, this is the stuff that's like, the feeling is like embarrassment or shame or whatever. And now I do feel it's more open. People are talking about it. People are saying it's okay. People are sharing at a lot of different industries and high levels that this is like common because you know, my wife's Brazilian. She doesn't believe in depression. She thinks it's like doesn't she? Does, they don't. She says it doesn't exist over there. Obviously, I don't believe that. But she like kind of believes that that's like a choice or whatever. But you know, it's it's very cultural. There's very differences in opinion and what's accepted and what's okay. People are hiding it or not. So it's it's a major topic, and I do feel at least from my understanding of it that it's becoming more open and, and dealt with and more acceptable, if you will. That which helps, right? To hear people like yourself or or Mike or other known people. That are willing to share their experiences. It always helps. Help. It always helps to know that you're not alone. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, but I do wish that the conversation, because it has opened up, the conversation about mental illness has opened up, and that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, I wish that it was partnered with uh, restraint. People expecting other people to have restraint and and pushing that more restraint when it comes to easy fixes for issues that could end up hurting them more. Um, and I don't see that enough. When I was growing up, there was, it was, you know, there was dare and there yep. were books like go ask Alice and, um, mm. and a million little pieces, even though that ended up being fabricated, but it was highlighted yeah. uh, way more in culture that, these have a negative effect on you in the long run. And now the biggest show on television features and idolizes a previously porn star who is a heroin addict on the show. And she's like a cool character. So I'm, I'm confused when people say that they, you know, that they're happy about the conversation of mental illness. And even that show will say it's highlighting mental illness and that, you know, it's great that the conversation has started, but it's almost like you're saying that and doing the opposite. You right. know, you get to exploit it while you claim that this is to help. And yeah. I'm not judging it. I think it's a beautifully filmed show and obviously right. it's hit culture in a in a fascinating way. Which is the name of that show again? I'm sorry. sorry. Euphoria. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I haven't seen that, but I, I've heard of that. Yes, that's right. Um, very, very interesting. Yeah, no, listen, it's a, like I said, very, for you to even just talk about it again, it's, I think that all that stuff is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, in itself, right? It's a whole conversation. There's a lot of layers, a lot of, a 
lot of lot of stuff to go in there but it's um yeah i would imagine it's that that's for me i think it's the high and low thing right that's like the the, the chasing or the trying to understand and try to stay balanced because it is in these type of things i mean you can say about a lot of things right stock trader um a lot of industries poker this that like there are ups and downs right it's like it's important to try to stay balanced and even keel and that's easier said than done especially when the extremes oh yeah are, and by are, the way i'm not holier than thou no, I, I, yeah. I use I, things to help me get through the sure. uncomfortableness of daily life on a regular basis. For sure. You know, it's just ha losing the awareness and losing the fear of losing, you know, of, of substance abuse is, yeah. is what I'm worried about. Yes, for sure. And, and that's and what I try to highlight to people whenever I talk to fans and stuff is like, it's yeah. great to have fun, but your brain is still developing and I don't want to see it go to waste. You know, sure. we're in our thirties now and it's, it's safe to say, our brains are pretty much done developing and we can experiment and this is a good time to do it. Right. But I don't like, I don't like anyone that's a little lost and already has mental illness issues to mm -hmm. see me. And if they are a fan to think that I think it's okay to go off the wall. Right. No, for sure. Uh, it's uh, it's well said. Absolutely. I do want to, I want to ask you about fame and this is obviously Kind of a hard question I could tell already just from getting to know you a little even before I show you. Very humble person. So I don't just I just gotta ask you, notoriety, right? Obviously, like you said, some people you've probably heard your song, whether you know you or have heard or know of you, you've heard it on the radio, it's just inevitable or somewhere, and you've heard it. Like in terms of what you thought fame would be and if you ever had thought about it before, and then now having achieved, let's just call it a a confirmed success, right? In terms of being being a known person, right? You get, I'm sure you get stopped in LA or places, or you know, you're on tour. And people like what? What was your expectation of being, let's call it, uh, of notoriety and what it actually is? Like, if you can go back to before you ever had any success, where you are now, how how would you kind of calibrate or rate what you thought it would be and what it is, if that makes any sense, or what you feel now? Because I would say I would just, let me just say like. To be known, right? Like, I'll just again, I don't want to use, I'll use Phelps again as an example. I'll never forget one time when he told me and he was going through a tough time, right? Like at one moment and he was like, you never want this. Like you never trust, like genuinely saying you don't want to be famous, right? Like, cause there's like a fine line. Like I get recognized once in a while around for poker. I'm in a casino or whatever, right? Something fun. It's fun to have someone say, Hey, I like your stuff. But to the point of being like uh, Brad Pitt or, you know, Kanye West, right? Where it's like your life is just no matter where you go at all times, it's just in your face and a hundred percent all the time. And I, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like that's also probably not that fun, right? It's like kind of crazy. So I don't know if you could, it's, there's like a fine line, right? To be like known and respected and feel appreciated, but not be like where you can't enjoy your daily life is compromised, like at all times. Like, does that make sense? Like how you kind of said, yeah. And again, you know, I can only speak from, from my perspective really. And maybe yeah. some of my friends that I've close to that I've seen go through it. Mm -hmm. Um, my experience was very different. You know, I was like a full grown adult when I had my first round of success. Right. You know, so I had kind of come into who I was going to be already, which helps a lot. Um, and I had been doing this because I love to do it. You know, I, I think now you can be fame, like you could drive to be famous mm -hmm. as a career. You know, you could just be an influencer or you could be, right. you, you could literally just be someone who wants to be famous and make that happen mm -hmm. um, based on having a personality and, and charisma. 
which is cool. I, I have no comment on that, but yeah, for me, that was not the case. Like I love to do something, even though it drove me crazy a lot of times. And um, it took a long time. It wasn't an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. So you learn to deal with it in, in pieces, you know? So when you do get to first, it seems like a pipe dream. You know, you this idea that you will have fans everywhere that are screaming for you and stuff. It, it seems like a pipe dream. And as right. you do the work, it all starts to just kind of seem like part of the job as opposed to this dream world that mm-hmm. you had in your mind when you were young, if that makes sense. I imagine like being an astronaut when you're a kid, it's a, it's a, it's a dream. (laughs) It's a, it's right. It's like, and then you go to school and you do the work and you graduate at the top of your class and you do a bunch of science stuff that I'm not smart enough to even say the words for. And then to everyone else, it seems like, wow, that's amazing. How did you do it? And to you, it's like, well, these, these, this is how I did it. Right. And it becomes less of a, a pipe dream. It's right. a cool job. It's no doubt the best job I've ever had. Um, and I've been fortunate. I think it's, I feel fortunate because I, I never really craved fame that, that way where that was the end goal of what I wanted to achieve. It'd be a great byproduct of making something really good. And you remember the first time like in LA or places where you started getting recognized noticeably because you mentioned the story in Omaha, Nebraska, and that was kind of like your funds on the radio and you're like, you're hyped up, you're making, you know, it's like exciting and it's a euphoric moment. But for you, like just being out at Starbucks or, you know, somewhere or whatever, just, just going around where it's like you noticeably like, wow, people are coming up to me. Jeff, to this day, I think that someone's at like coming up to me for a different reason. Every single time I think maybe, oh, shoot, maybe it's somebody I've met before, you know, and I don't yeah. remember them. I, right. I, it's it shocks me every single time. Right. And you want to give them a big hug because you just can't believe it. Yeah. But, and then you realize it's not that uncommon. Right. But it takes you a moment again, all over again. I don't know if it's like that for everybody, but it's yeah. it's a constant r- weird reminder that people know you for a different reason than just that they've met you before. Right. But, is, is there any place in the country you've done a lot of tours? I do want to talk about kind of upcoming tours and what that what it's like to be on tour versus your day to day when you're not. But is there any spots or places that you've done now uh, on tour that you just like love or they just seem to like extra crazy? Not, you know, just like it's sold out to the max right away. The tickets go up and people that is, is there any any cities that stand out for you? Austin, New York, um, Atlanta, most cities in Florida um san fran seattle but obviously i mentioned boston first because they have since i was in college it was the first sold out show i ever had which is also funny because it was the first show that i ever had where nobody came to not one person it was me and g easy and he was staying in my dorm room and he was on tour and he just him and his managers and his manager's girlfriend all stayed in our little dorm room at berkeley we played a show in boston that was supposed to be sponsored by mtv not one person came no really? what year no. was that that would have been in 2009 okay okay so yeah they're talking long time ago uh, long time ago yeah what was that experience like versus oh, what, what did that feel i mean to be expected that, it sucked okay. 
you know, but I was used to it. I had been, you know, I, I started playing with my punk band in uh, sophomore year of high school in a backyard of a friend's house. And I was terrified all the way to the point where if we pay, played for 50 people on a cardboard box with two speakers next to us, we were like, that was a great show. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, to have to this day and my my agent reminds me all the time, like these shows are going to do well. I'm freaking out because I'm like, anyone going to come. Right. I know that life, you know, and I I learned to live it. I don't want it back, but you, yeah. you know it, you know, you know where nobody comes and they come. Yeah. That, that, it's funny because, you know, Twitch, we, we touched on earlier. It's it, it's uh, it's similar, right? Because like it's actually completely different, but it's in a way similar because you look at this little number how many people are watching, right? Cause you stream and whether you're doing whatever, playing poker and some days you might have, you know, a higher than average Sunday, you might hit like a deep final table and it's huge, but you, you do notice, right? Like if you're at a concert, you, you thrive off energy. I know you're known for your energy and delivering and performance, but if you got, you know, whatever, uh, it's not a sold out crowd versus like sold out camp, you know, like the energy has to be different too. Right. So that's, uh, you know, I'm sure most of your stuff sells out now, but there is that thought, right. Where you're like going to go and it's like, that's part of it too. All right. The equipment's going to, somehow not work or something crazy could happen or it won't sell out or there's going to be a weather incident or other things, variables as well. Right. That's gotta be, you know, at least initially, I'm sure that's part of the the process. And then, as you said, it gets easier right now. It's like normal and it's, a, it's organized and it's sold out in advance and you're comfortable and have your routine. But part of that process is uh, it is a uncertainty, right? That's difficult when it's uncertain to, to. Absolutely. To yeah. And that's yeah. part of the, you know, having a team that, you can rely on and trust too to right. do their jobs and to let them do their jobs and do it well. Yeah. And my core manager is is a is a fantastic dude, but he also has to have so much patience and right. ease with all the people that he has to deal with. Yeah, because that's gotta be stressful too. You're going to venues that you're not used to or maybe some spots. I mean, sure they have experience with setting up, but maybe your equipment's different or your drummer stuff or something doesn't line up and it yeah, I'm sure that's all it's usually a short turnaround too, right? Day of or the day yep. before and they test it and and, oh, it's, and, and it's all that. pretty much always the day of you, you have any stories of sort of like having to improvise or someone or a drop someone gets sick or your voice like have you had any kind of wild stories that you've had to sort of uh turnkey just just make oh, it yeah. make it work? i had to do an entire basically like freestyle comedy routine because things just meet just stopped working on stage wow. we were opening for well actually they didn't stop working the equipment literally all fell from the back of the stage onto the front of the stage, a couple feet away from me, wow. broke everything um, because they forgot to put a carpet down underneath the stuff and it shakes wow. and it shaked all the way to the front. And so now I'm just on stage opening for French Montana and TI with all these people looking at me like, who are you? Why should we care? Boo, <laughs> you know, wow. and just kind of like dish it back. I grew up watching stand up comedy and like seeing how they deal with things so that I wouldn't take it too seriously when things went wrong. Right. And that's helped tremendously. I'd suggest it to anybody else too. It just, it helps you not freak out when yep. everything goes to shit. It was, I saw that name. Is that right? Steven, is it Steven Lynch or someone that was a, like a comedian or someone that you yeah, kind of saw was, that. Yeah. yeah that? Not, not a lot of people know about him and I don't know where he is now, but he had a great comedy special back in the day where he went on stage with a guitar and he sang songs that sounded like children's songs that were self-written, but the right. content was super funny and super dark. He had songs about his like 
autistic friend, but he's singing it from the perspective of a kid who doesn't know that that's what his friend is. Right. And, <laughs> and like a lot of things that you wouldn't even be able to talk about now in today's society with how, you know, uh, safe everybody is from being insulted. Right. Um, but he was so fun and so funny that it made me want to learn how to play guitar just so I could do that. Just so I could have that option to write something funny. Right. Wow. Very, very cool. Yeah. That, that that's and and what would you actually describe your demographic? Like, if you were to say who is who is the main age? Like, who's listening to your music and and who does it appeal to the most and connects with your music? If you would have had to kind of break it down. Well, I mean, I know because everything right. is yeah. statistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spotify um, and you know. it's eighteen to twenty-seven is our is our main age range. I have a okay. lot of college kids. Uh, we play a ton of colleges. I was the most booked college artist in 2018 and 19 um, and would have been in 2020, except we all know what happened. Uh, yeah. That's another question I did when I asked the pandemic, like how crazy that was. You're kind of peaking, right? And your career stuff's going. And then like that, what was that? I mean, we got to, I got to ask you about the pandemic. Was it? Yeah, it had to be crazy, right? To just not even like for you specifically, you're going live, you're touring. It's got to be directly kind of a wild, wild deal. Oh, oh man. Yeah. But some we positives, all, right? We all work through it in different ways for yes. the pandemic. Yeah. Um, it took me a long time to not feel like it was a personal <laughs> hit that the year that's supposed to be my biggest. I mean, right. every weekend was a festival and a show and I was going to, I was going to be pretty much set. Even if my career tanked in 2021, it was like, this is it. This is finally after all this time. Yeah. And the only thing that could, that could ruin this is if, you know, the world ended or something. Right. It's impossible. Exactly. It it's impossible. Right. How's that? It's just that it never happened in a hundred years or anything yeah. like it. And it's uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty insane. So yeah, I'm sure it did feel personal and it is wild, but did, did it, did it spark? Was there, I mean, obviously more time to not travel, to be focused, do things, did some, some other big songs and hits and stuff like what, what, what how did you kind of spin it into like, all right, this let's is make a, this, a this is a weird thing because I, I try to realize that a lot of people had it worse. Yeah, of course, for know? sure. Um, and it sounds very self-indulgent for an artist who, you know, was able to live in his own house in 2020 to talk about the woes of his career during that time when people literally had no money. You know, right. when I, I, I never wanted to be out of touch. That was always like my biggest fear because I felt like my fans uh, gravitated towards my music because they didn't feel like they were being talked down to, they were being mm -hmm. talked across to. That's because of the way that I've like tried to live my life. I'm not out here a lot with celebrities, even though I wish sometimes I was because then maybe they read post my music and you know, they, <laughs> all that stuff. But anyway, the, uh, the, the thing that was good about the pandemic for me was I needed it. I, there was a lot of stuff that I had just kept working through and hadn't dealt with. Mm -hmm. And when everything stopped, it all came crashing. I spent weeks in bed on my depression and all the things that I had been running from. I didn't I feel like I had an identity um, when I wasn't on the road and I didn't realize that I didn't have hobbies. I didn't have, you know, um, 
a significant other. I didn't even have a home at first. I was just renting one out of my a writer that I work with place. And I was living with Young Gravy, Lil Aaron, and my buddy JP, who I write all my stuff with. And right. it was like, you know, you didn't have like much space. So, um, yeah, it, it, I, I, to remain like a human being and not just another person who took off and became a star and uh, stopped being able to identify with normal people, uh, common people. Like, I think I, I think now in retrospect that that was what I personally needed to. Right. It's one of those moments. It's not about what happens how you react right it's like in the moment like i remember some bit yeah there's some of the things that immediately seem like the worst things end up net net becoming probably what had to happen i, I think that's that's what i hear you saying and, and i think yeah, that's it's, it's always it's, easier in retrospect yeah. to realize those things though you know well I'm, I'm already i'm looking at your 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 concert dates here i will definitely i will be there i'm gonna go to austin i told you that's one of my favorite cities oh, yeah that, see, that's uh march march 30th or 5th I yeah think somewhere in there i saw it uh austin yeah, March. Okay. Oh man, I would love March to have 3rd. you. I'm I'm definitely gonna come. I saw there's some Florida Florida ones as well. And you do you do international stuff too, or you stick mostly U.S. Or do you have you done some? I see Ontario and Canada. Have you gone across to Europe? Have you done a lot of traveling over the yeah. world? You know, I haven't even been to the last place that I was before the world shut down. We were we did my first headline tour in Europe. That was in 2019, the end of 2019. Uh, no, no, it was in 2020. It was literally. We, we got back in March. Mm -hmm. I got back from Barcelona a week before everything shut down. Um, but I haven't been there since. How, how would you say, what, like speaking demographic age group wise, how, how is your percentage like US versus kind of Europe and other, other demographics in the world? Have you hit same, sort of- Same age range. But okay. again, or I didn't mention it before, but I'm always surprised when I see and I realize that there's something more going on here when I see fathers and and their daughters in the crowd. I, there's a video that I have still on my Instagram. It's one of my favorite videos where probably like a 30 something year old dad is holding his couldn't be more than five year old daughter on her shoulder in the show. And she's singing every single word to Sour Patch Kids, That's cool. every single word. And they're singing it together. And I'm like, OK, there's something else going on here. It's not just college kids who want to party and it's not just, you know, who adults who have been following me for a minute and it's not anybody that's just like likes my TikTok or my Instagram. It's like it feels generational, which is really cool to see. Um, and it happens more often than a lot of shows that I that I see. <clears throat> yeah it's so that's, that's very yeah it's cool it's cool really i mean that's cool. got to be rewarding for sure and what about music videos with with like shooting for the like drew barrymore some of this stuff is uh is that fun is that part of it fun to you to do the the content creation side of, of, of these videos like to, to i'm getting used to being on camera i never felt comfortable in front of one mm -hmm. it's probably why my socials aren't bigger i never i'm getting better at it now just from having done it so much but when we did the drew barrymore music video and i was like had only done a couple music videos before that um 
it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a nightmare for multiple reasons. Like uh, the girl who I had as the lead was a, a, a rising star at the time. She was on um, uh, Walking Dead for many years, but I've known her since we were 15 years old. Um, and so the stylist only brought clothes for her. She didn't even care about me, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, like, whatever, I'll just be some coming and passing artist. And uh, all the way to the point where the we were supposed to do some dance routine that we ended up making ourselves that you could see in the video that we were influenced by the movie Ex Machina. Mm -hmm. um, but we had and we we drove three hours with a whole crew out to San Luis Obispo where they ha have this hotel that we filmed it at. You could see called the, the Madonna Inn. Um, and the night before we like made this dance because the uh, the choreographer who was like a renowned choreographer didn't have anything prepared. Wow. So and, we just and, like, did it ourselves the night before. Now music videos are awesome because like, again, it's all, and I, uh, it, it's just learning as you go for me. I, I'm not one of those people that was just a star one day, you know, from being nobody the next and everyone knew it. It was like, it just, over time, I kept learning how to do things better and better after failing a bunch of times. And now you know what to look for. Now I'm, when you're, you have to kind of be director and you have to be writer, you have to have a creative vision, you have to know where the good lighting is, you have to know what the shot looks like after every take and be like, no, that's not good. And you have to pick people that know what they're doing and let them also do their job. For sure. Is, is the process of the music video, so like, let's just take, for example, Drew Barrymore, you make the song, right? Obviously it has to come first, but like, is it like when a song gets really popular is then you make the music video or do you do the song and then you shoot the video right away and simultaneously? How does that work in terms of uh, the, generally now? What's like the uh, Now we shoot the video like two weeks before the song comes out. Okay. So it's okay, so you're, you don't even know necessarily how big it will be then, right? You're doing a video yeah. with the song and then, yeah, so you're not sure that it's gonna be, I mean, you, you have an idea, right? As we talked about what sort of hits and what's like, you feel is going to be big, but it's kind of, that's kind of got to be weird, right? To do the video and then it like, it could be huge, but it could be like uh not, not hit. And you put it into the, into the music video, the, the time and effort and all that, but and and what percentage, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And sorry. No, the, but the budget is significantly different. That's what I was thinking too. Right. Yeah. yeah it's like, if it's, uh, yeah. I've done two music videos for La La Land because we did one before it got big and one a hundred thousand dollar video after it got big. And, the one that was big and massive in a big sound studio, I can't stand it. And right. clearly I'm not alone because the one that we shot just in my <clears throat> 1965 Mustang, just me and a girl driving through the streets of Hollywood. And it got like triple the views that wow. the, and it it costed maybe two grand to make. Wow. So now, it, especially wow, it's like, that's interesting. that doesn't even mean anything too. It's like, Right. That's yeah. It's I mean, it's of course sort of like the luck thing too about like the right. Yeah. Because that's that's funny as well. It's like, look, you're the you're doing the music, you're writing the beats, or you're 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 doing it. But then like on the video side, you're trusting in someone else too that like could actually make a make it like greater or you know not enhance it to the point it should be. So yeah, that's uh. And you how how on board how how much of the process are you on about the ideas on the videos and stuff, or do you kind of let them fi figure it out, listen to the song, and you give suggestions, or, or are you actually like on it? And like, hey, let's do this. Let's do that. 
I let it get to a certain point and then I have to be part of it. Like I let people do their jobs right. to a certain point. And then if it feels like it's going off course or off the rails or not like part of like a vision that I would create, mm-hmm. like, you know, if let's say their idea was for us to be in uh, a nightclub and everyone's high and on drugs and there's a bunch of strippers around, it's like, it's not authentic. Yeah, You know, it sounds fun, but it's not authentic. So let's make it instead of that, let's make it like a video in space, like a club in space. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is just offhand, you know, where there's people doing all these weird things like the the bar in Star Wars kind of thing. When there's like aliens and people that you would never see in a nightclub, like, you know, the NASA guys like shipping champagne and, you know, you got to like, that's how I would make it mine after that. Right. That's yeah, it's no, it's cool. So yeah, you're involved. You're definitely not just like whatever goes. You're 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 a part of the process and, and checking in on it and then giving your own twist and feel. So yeah, you that, have that makes to be. I mean, right. like wh- where my where I care the most is writing the songs and making sure it's good. Like if I'm putting out good stuff, I feel better no matter what, even if you know it's not one of the most popular songs. Um mm-hmm. And then, you know, the visuals and all that and the social media and the promoting it. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to do it. I don't care. But it's the job part. You know, that's more of the job part than the touring is. Right. You know, because I don't want to do it and I have to anyway. That's what really makes it a job. For sure. And I, I, got, I know I do. I mean, again, like I said, I appreciate the time so much. I just want to ask you a couple more last questions because I know you're super oh, yeah, busy. You're but I appreciate it again. Uh, the the uh, the. The sports side of things. Are you you grew up in California? I, I know USC and um, UCLA are moving to the Big Ten. Are you? Does that? Are you in the? You went to Cal. Are you a big sports fan? Do you follow along with with college football or anything? Or is it not really part of your uh, your 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 daily? Do you, do you do you keep an eye on everything with sports? I feel foolish at uh, any time I'm in a situation like this. I never was. I never was a big sports fan. I don't know why. Right. All of my friends were athletes growing up and I was just the guy that played guitar. And I don't, my dad was in college. He was a basketball player. Um, That's cool. It, it comes, it runs in my family and I just, I'm not interested. I have a great time at games. I love the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not dropping stats. You don't know what, what record of UCLA and USC is or so. You're not like, you're not, oh, that, that's, that's not part of your daily um, no, interaction. I'll, right. fail. I'll fail that test. <laughs> okay. No, that's good to know. And what you mentioned hobbies you picked up during the kind of pandemic or you didn't have uh, so many, what, what are some things? And I got to ask about poker just cause there is some, you know, that's, that's one of the main things, part of my life. Do you, have you played poker at all? Do you, do you know how to play? Do you, you like, you know, in, in, uh, from like high school till I got to college, I loved it. Love. So I'm actually very, I, I, you know, this wasn't all about me and super, um, self-indulgent. I would love to hear more about how you got started because uh, I I respect poker a lot because I know that it's like you said, it's it's luck, preparation and timing um, all met together. And yeah. it's so fascinating to me to be able to be good at something like that. Yeah, um, well, yeah but, so we, uh, we have a mutual friend, Brandon, and I know Justin as well. Uh, Escalana, he was been on the podcast. He 
he uh, he likes poker. I know a, a decent bit. He plays some, and he's obviously very mo- motivated and driven. But yeah, I, you know, I, to me, poker, which we'll have be happy to chat more on about that for sure anytime. Like definitely, it's it's fun and it's interesting. I just think I think poker is like the ultimate metaphor for life. Like it's just like you get to deal with a lot, the highs, the lows, in a very short amount of time. Luck, unlucky, you know, five percent, eight percent. You get rivered. You also see other people's success, right? It's similar in music. Like you probably have people that you rival or similar music. It's like are you are you rooting for them? Are you rooting against them? Can you all succeed? Uh, how do you deal with their success, your own success? How, how do others perceive? You know, it's like golf as well. I think golf and poker are kind of the two things that you get to get in a really short period. You get to kind of get to know people, right? At poker table, that's what I like the most. I sit down, play cards. Like I get to know someone really well um, very quickly, like how they, how they deal with their own success, the other people's success and, you know, math, luck, bad luck, good luck. Are they hitting the table? Are they are they are they good sports, bad sports? You get to kind of um, learn a lot about variance too, right? There's a lot of there is a lot of luck, but there's also you know it's it's not all about that. It's about how you handle it. It's about how you how you uh, proceed. And I just like that's to me. I feel like poker kind of applies to to life as like a very nice um, you know as a whole. I think it, it kind of matches up with things very well, uh, and that's one of the things I like the most about it. But yeah, happy to chat more about it and talk about it. But it's it's also something you want to either be really into or not, or you play you know, just casually, very small with friends, right? It's something that like, you don't want to just like dive into like a huge game and think it's like whatever. Cause obviously that's not a, not a great recipe for success, which a lot of people do um, play casually and, and can get, can get, get hurt. But yeah, it's, I mean, it is, a, it's a great game that does have a lot of skill involved, but of course some luck. So that's, that's sort of my take on it. Do you think that, cause you can, you also brought up golf too. And, I, and that, that it's actually weirdly poetic the way you put it. Um, do you, do you think that maybe part of the appeal to is the ability, the chance to just focus on one thing, something out that you, not, no outside thoughts, you're focused on this game, you're focused on your opponents, you're focused on the cards, you know, what what's might be dealt, <clears throat> how much yeah. you're going to put in. There's nothing distracting you the outside world distracting you just focused on one thing there's very few things in life right where you get to just focus on one thing yeah no i think it, it for sure not i don't use the word escape but saying yeah you get to like go out whatever's happening you're kind of get to just yeah be there be a part of it and it's it's there at golf as well you get to and obviously the, the pros like the the true great players just like a lot of sports and other things are able to sort of really lock in and mentally hone in and, and be, be in the moment. But um, no, no doubt. I mean, and I noticed myself, like I've, I've obviously, like I've, I've, I've shifted from professional poker player over the last like seven years into more, you know, much more into business, much more into content creation, but you know, to be the best similar to, I would imagine in your world, like, yeah, it's like people aren't seeing you in the studio to like waking up at 5am, 6am doing this, making it all work and, and hitting, well, like, Oh, he's a great talent. Like, He's a great music, whatever. No, but like the work is done. Same in poker. The guy's studying solvers, using the work, you know, understanding board textures and putting the bet sizing. Is it 50%, 58%? Like there's so, it's such an intricate thing, just like music or golf or anything. You know, it's the same thing in golf. Like you could be, a, uh, you know, like one or two above par, right? And that's, that's amazing. But like the guys that are winning the best in the world to get to that, that percentage, like it's same, same in almost, that's how I view life in poker and golf whatever that makes you great. Like the difference in being the, the true top, you have to be like willing, you just have to be willing to do what others aren't. And there's so much behind the scenes that goes into that, right. That like no one really knows, but like these guys aren't, you know, Michael Jordan, Michael Phelps, 
Bryce Fine, Con- these guys are like, they're obsessed. You know, you're obsessed with like your passion, your craft. And you're not just like, oh, show up and be late and do whatever. You're really in there grinding. Like, I mean, how many hours do you spend in the studio, right? I mean, it's got to be insane. Like where you're just in there at light night or not sleeping. And it's like, I would imagine it's like that. I wish I could say that that prevented me from showing up late. <laughs> it's still that's probably one of my biggest issues but yes all the other things around yes it's about how much you put into it just as much talent as you have no doubt about it for sure uh, and we could all put in more right and that's the part that kind of drives you crazy you know because uh, there's always somebody who's going to work harder um which is okay because balance but, is also yeah. the other part of that pie right like it's okay to be obsessed too but yeah you got wife family kids work exactly. just that so it's also you know my uh, bill perkins you know I've, I've, i met this guy so he's one of my best friends he wrote this book that was here I'm, I'm gonna get you a copy and I, I i don't really read books anymore but it's it's actually like it's it's wildly um it's just such an amazing concept and topic about what you do with your life and the time and the pockets you have. But you know, that, that's also like you said, you're, I, don't, I don't know if you mentioned, you said you didn't have a relationship. I don't know if you do or don't now. You don't have to answer that um, for the audience viewing, but you know, like there's different times, right? When you're like single, when you're married in your life with your, with your buddies, you know, like you notice people, I'm sure you see this too, that people are, when they're married, they hang out with married couples. People have kids, hang out with kids with kids couples. There's different times in your life to push or grind and drive. And, and that's, Balance is really hard, right? It must be. I mean, even for you, personal relationships, like to do, to be obsessed and be great, it is hard to keep it kind of all in order, you know, because it can get skewed easily. And what you want changes. Yes. You know, over time, it especially makes it difficult. You know, sometimes I want just a normal life. um, Have, I'm single now, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to have kids settle down stay out of the limelight do my tours um <clears throat> and then just like kind of have like a very medium bodied career where i'm happy and, and you know everyone in my life is happy and safe and all that and then sometimes i'm like absolutely not like i want to take this as far as i can go and see right. as much of the world as i can before i die yep. and and then I, and but fine and i wanted sometimes you want to do both and it's like, okay, then you really got to figure out how right. the hell to manage both of those things. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm impressed by anybody that can manage a great success like that. Great success. And, uh, and all the things that keep you grounded. Right. Yeah. It's, that's, I mean, that's ultimately, and, and that's a problem too, because perception reality, it's like, all right, you see people on Instagram and it's, everything's happy or this and that, but it's like, you know, there's a lot behind the scenes. Like no one really knows like, to, like what people go through or what they're dealing with on a daily basis. And it is hard, right? Cause there's only so much time in the day and it's hard to do it all. So I, I think that's good. My last question for you is that I've already really I do again, man, unbelievable. This has been very in, in, in sight, enlightening. I've learned a lot. I, I really quite enjoying myself. So don't feel like you have to rush, but uh, yes. But- well, okay. So maybe I'll sneak one or two more. And I just, I've given you, I've given you an out. To, to, no, to end it, no, but yeah, no, yeah. we can run a little bit. I, listen, I'm, I, I could be here all day. I, I really do enjoy it. And it's it's so fascinating to me that the, like the, the industry and just what you've done. And you know, I, like I told you before, this isn't just me saying this, but like I genuinely, oh, I, I have a poker game. I play your music. I love your music. It's, it's I love the way, you know, the the, the message and, and the, 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 
you know, just the, the rhythm and the whole thing about it. So and music is obviously such a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing, such an important, it's kind of, I think about that a lot. And I know this is talked about like music, life without music seems kind of crazy, right? Like there's so many scenarios where it'd be like kind of wild if we just didn't have, uh, if music wasn't, wasn't a thing. But so my quite the, the long winded thing I want to get to is your schedule. Give me your day to day tour life, non tour life. And how, how much of the year are you on tour? Like, let's just take this 2023 coming up. Oh, it's so analytical. It's so not fun, but um, okay. I mean, I like I said, the best thing that you can do as a creative ADD person when you're not on the road is try to create a routine for yourself. Right. I still have trouble with that because every day is different. <clears throat> I'm either in a session um, or if I have a day off, I am washing dishes at the house, listening to an audio book, going to yoga, which has become that that was one of the hobbies that started in the uh, pandemic. <clears throat> I do it almost every day and not so that I can say namaste at the end. It actually helps. Right. Um, uh, I read a lot. I listen to a lot of audiobooks and I read a lot. It, it's that's another way to focus on one thing. Um, and it helps me more creatively. I practice piano. Uh, I realized recently I needed to go back to school. So I started taking piano lessons. Um, and I go to dinner with friends. I don't really do clubs anymore mm -hmm. um, unless I'm just in there to see the environment, to understand it so I could take it back to writing. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but on the road, it's pretty, pretty well done because that's what, a tour manager's job is to to so i are you on, is it a bus is it like are you flying or most is it a bus tour pretty much you go throughout like in the uh, us is when we when we do the tour tour this tour that's coming up in uh in february the serotonin tour which is the name of my album that's um half of it is dropping uh in february it's called serotonin because that's what i think life is all based around it's like almost the God that we're looking for is the serotonin level. And not to argue with the Brazilian culture, but some people really do have lower dopamine and serotonin levels than others. So there is, there, there has to be uh, people that are depressed because that's, that's true. If the, if it wasn't that, then I would a hundred percent. I think people use the word anxiety way too much. You know, just because, you know, I, I think that might be a little overstretched. Right. But because it's chemical, I think that there has to be dopamine and serotonin deficiencies um, that really do affect people's mood. I know people that just can be up all the time and they are because it's they are grateful people. But yeah. you always got to wonder how much of that is because of what they were born with, you know. Right. Well, I get, I get it. I used to get it, not accused. I suggested too, like, just cause I, you know, I stream on Twitch. Like I told you for, I was, I would stream like 10, 12, 14 hour sessions, like playing poker, sitting on it, on this. And that's what I say with the audience, you know, that same dopamine stuff where like, if I have a couple hundred viewers on versus I ha I've had 20,000, that's my largest when I made a big final table, a million dollars to first. And it was well, crazy. Right. Cause like you can feel the energy and people also, obviously people are chatting and you see the stuff moving or whatever. Um, but it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a lot, you know, to, to be on there and be, be the, the pressure of it all. Is that, I want to ask you about your audience. What's your largest audience that you've had or like a set stadium or something you've, I've seen you do some major stadiums. 
the most amount of people that came to see me perform. Um, I played Firefly Festival. I did two nights in a row, and it was fifty thousand people. Wow! Um, <laughs> yeah, it was unreal. It was unreal, and I'll never forget it. Wait, where was? Which one was that? That's in Firefly. The- it's in Dover, Delaware. Okay. I was <laughs> I in, my, in my head. I was thinking of the one in the Bahamas. That whole that bus crazy thing. Like, what was that called? Fire Wasn't it called Festival? Fire Festival? But obviously, I knew it wasn't that. But that was what I thought. I was like, wait, oh, maybe you got it. Maybe you were there, and then it fell apart after but okay firefly all right oh so my Dover, gosh. Delaware. okay no nice. no uh thank god yeah that, that was that was i saw that uh special whatever yeah that's right that oh was a, that hilarious was nice. that was yeah. the first devastatingly terrible thing i've ever seen where everyone that was affected by it i was like ha yeah crazy like every influencer every person that considered themselves a vip just eating bologna sandwiches and a half-made tent yeah <laughs> crazy. that's a crazy deal for sure that's uh that 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 whole thing is wild that's what i was I said in my head when i was thinking of that i heard like a you know to have an issue obviously different like sound or mic or equipment or some like misdate thing i mean it sounds like you had you have everything hasn't always been perfectly smooth but for the most part it sounds like you got it's really buttoned up organized and some things are just out of your control like that thing that happened right but and you don't find yourself thinking about that really right you at this point you just kind of go on and do your thing or you to do be think honest about it. with you all the time to this day you know you just wonder is like man if that hadn't happened would i be better or worse right and i'll never know but there's nothing <laughs> yeah. you can do about it so you just keep riding and you just gotta be grateful i you know I, like my friend literally told me in when i went through depression he really helped me through Cause I was like on the verge of like suicidal in 2020 at one point. And, uh, and he got me out of it because, and not by like showing me so much love and telling me all the things I wanted to hear. He's like, you're not grateful enough. You don't have enough gratitude. And he gave me a notebook, which I have right here. Um, uh Oh, Oh. he gave me a notebook that I have right here that uh, I had to start writing all the things I was grateful for every day. And, um, I don't do it as much every day anymore, right. but I think about those things, uh, simple things. And I think it helps, it helped me. So I think it would help other people. We started running together every morning and I had to write even on the way there and the traffic. I'm like, I'm grateful for the palm trees because they make the traffic less crappy. Yeah. And after a while, it really started to work. And I'm a very cynical person in a lot of ways, uh, too much. So, so you know, it's all, it's all hopefully to like, if someone listens to this and they have any of the same feelings as either of us to to help, but it helped a lot. It helped a lot to remember how lucky you are in so many ways. Absolutely. No, that's a, that's a big thing. What are you, what are you grateful for? My, my dad taught me about that too, to say that out loud and and talk about the day. I tried to do it with my son when I put him to sleep, he's three and a half and say what he's grateful for. He gets some pretty funny funny answers um but yeah it's a it's it's a, it is a it's a it is a good reminder to to realize like how many how many things we really should be and how how crazy it is out there and that there's small wins right like there's a lot that just to wake up and be around and and, and sometimes uh, i'm sure with that 2020 right the pandemic you must have sort of that feeling of like wow how could this happen like i'm about to take off and i have all these cities and experiences that think i'm going to do it, and then it just kind of um that, i'm sure that is, that's heavy right yeah. that, that is heavy died out it died out in an instant just yep. watched it dwindle away. Okay, yep. well, I did it once, so I guess I'll try to do it again. Yeah, 
for sure. Well, listen, uh, Bryce, I have, like I said, man, this has been a true pleasure. I've gotten to learn a lot. I got a feeling we'll be hanging out and hopefully um, I can tell you, I'm already, I'm going to put down a few of these dates. I'm from Michigan, grew up in Ann Arbor and I see Detroit oh, no on there. Way. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to go to, I mean, there's a lot of big cities here, but Austin for sure. And Detroit, you know, I'll tell you, I'll be there. I'm going to get my tickets and, and I'll, uh, I'll be, I'll be there for sure. Um, and, and those in particular, man, I really, really, it's, it's cool to see, it's cool to see all the success you have. And again, just, uh, obviously we've never spoken before a little before today and just kind of really, I could tell your, your energy of wavelength. It's, it's, it's refreshing. And you know, I think you got, you got, you haven't even started. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for you and I do appreciate you coming on and, and getting to chat with me, especially since we've never, never had met or spoke before. So thank you so much. It's, it's absolutely been a pleasure, man. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk shortly after this. Awesome. Well, listen, everyone, that is Bryce Vine. Please give him a follow. I, I mentioned his, he's everywhere, any, any platform, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, not yet, maybe Twitch. We'll talk about that. that that's in the future, yeah. but he's all over the place. Download, download Spotify, check out his music. If somehow you haven't heard it, I'm actually the worst with music too. Like I, I hear songs and I don't know who it is. Like it's weird because I have a pretty good memory, but I just, with music, it's like hard for me to to, to keep track and like know what it is, but I can tell you, I know, I know this man's music and he is a true talent. Check it out, download, follow, do all the good stuff. And we'll be seeing much more of Bryce and hopefully again on a podcast, uh, we'll be on in the future, man. Love to have you on again. Let's do it, my brother. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you. That is it. We'll be back for another big podcast next week. Same time, same place. They'll be released. We'll see you soon. And again, give this man a follow. Great guy and uh, really a joy to, to chat with. So thank, thank you to Bryce and we'll see you guys soon.